That's a growler. Welcome to Beauty and the Beastly Minute, the podcast where we analyze and theorize about the 1991 film Beauty and the Beast. Today we'll be talking about Minute 13. My name is Janae. I'm one of your co-hosts, and we've also got Bobby here with us today. Howdy. So this minute starts off with Maurice tumbling down a hill, being chased by wolves, and ends with Cogsworth saying, Not a word, Lumiere, not, not one single word. I love that guy. So, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, so he rolls down the hill, blah, 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 and you get to the scene where he's at the bottom, and it looks up at this enormous, like, wall gate thing, and that is a big wall. It is. It's huge. That's my first point. It's really... It's a big wall. It's a big gate. It's huge. Um, I also noticed the music right here. Which I thought was cool because um, he's being chased and it's like the or whatever the music is and it's intense. And then he looks up at the gate and you kind of hear this higher, I don't know if it's a flute or more of chimes or something, but it's something higher pitch with more of a lilt magical quality sound to it. And then as soon as you come away from that and look back at him being chased by the wolves it goes back to these intense horns so i thought that was really cool i didn't even notice that but yeah i think those are flutes flutes okay that's what i thought but then i was like i don't know my orchestral instruments that well maybe i could be wrong so yeah it's kind of hard to hear it because they got the the really awesome thunder going on as well but i (laughs) i i think i guess i'm kind of a nerd like a band nerd music nerd um (laughs) So I used to play this game with myself where I would listen to classical music because I like classical music um, and like jazz and stuff. And I would try to guess like which instrument it was that was playing the different parts. And Okay, I actually like... have played that with my dad, but usually my dad was there and he'd be like, yes, you're right. Or no, you're not right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I played it all by myself alone. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so I was always right. Oh, well. So far as you know. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't have anyone to contradict me, so I was always right. <sighs> That's awesome. Um, but yeah, looking at these gates, they are huge. And maybe it's just because he's laying on the ground and they're not that big in all reality. But the first shot we get of them, they look enormous. And there's not like a smaller gate in it. So when he goes through them, that's a lot of gate to push open uh-huh. and close. Yeah. it's It's got to be a heavy gate. And he's like jangling it and it's not going anywhere um which is why it's so funny and so obvious that he did not open it when it swings open and like throws him by the force of the sheer movement of this gate it like tosses him in so is this gate magical is it enchanted i was just gonna say how does it come open because yeah it's not like he opened it and Got it to come loose or something. It pops open on him, and then it stays shut when he when he gets back in and closes it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm working on like a larger theory for the curse and how it all works, Ooh. and like this uh, something to do with the energy force of the curse. So my my weak working theory that I haven't quite fleshed out yet <laughs> is that the castle wants him to be there for some reason, so it lets him in, oh. and then and then keeps him safe. That's not fully 
fleshed out yet. So um, I'll, I'll keep working on that. But uh, I'm excited but to hear more about this theory. Yeah, that's what that's what I've got for now. Magic. Magic. <laughs> Do you believe in magic? No. Okay. Apparently not. Okay. So, um, anyway, one of the things that I love is you see this when you get this sweeping view of the castle is that is one seriously tall tower at the very top. There's like one yes. tower that goes higher than all the others. I'm noticing a theme. Tall, huge wall. Tall, huge gate. Tall, huge castle. Um, and I thought it looked rather precari- precarious sitting there. I mean, aside yeah, from it's ominous, really, but... It's really high up there. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> 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 one thing I one thing I noticed about the castle was what color is the roof? I'm kind of colorblind, um, so I'm not usually a safe person to ask about these kind gosh, of things. But I it looks like it's gold, yellow. I don't remember. I didn't pay that much attention to the color of the roof <laughs> in this minute. <laughs> That's not the color I think it is at the end. Yeah, at the end, I feel like it's like a red or yeah. a dark brown or something. And here it looks like it's... Like gold, but then I guess like at the very end, the castle is transformed, and I don't remember what color if it changes or not. So I just thought it was uh, a different color than I remembered it being. Well, I mean, in the very, very opening scene with the song bell, I could have sworn her book was red, but then when she gives it back to the bookseller guy, it's blue. I think my eyes are going nuts, but then when I watched it again and I sat down to do it for podcast i didn't see it it just looked like it was shadowed a couple of times so i was like well maybe that theory is no or maybe that observation (laughs) isn't worth anything so i don't know maybe it's just the shadowing because i mean then it starts to rain like i always thought that was out of the blue but now that i've like heard thunder and stuff i realize it's really not (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it builds up to it. Um, and they did such a good job. I, I definitely have that in my notes is the rain looks so good. They didn't just do like, okay, we need rain in here. Let's throw some rain in. <laughs> like they, you can, you can see the sheets of rain coming down. Like the depth of them is changing. There's different, you know, you get spots that have more rain coming down than other spots, which is definitely something that you see if you like watching rainstorms, right. which I'd like. So I think they did a great job animating the rain. I did also want to say, with Maurice, he loses his hat here yes. as he's going towards towards the front of the the castle, which is key point for later on. But it also made me think that, I mean, he lost his hat earlier when he fell off the horse. But he put it back on. Yeah. This guy loses his hat more than Indiana Jones. And, <laughs> you know, in this case, he leaves it there and it's a, kind of an important, not like super important, but it's a, an important part that comes up later in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And I like his socks. He's got crazy. He does. Crazy socks. I had never noticed his socks, but when I was watching this time, I noticed his shoes. He has cool shoes. Which definitely would not have stood up to a wolf biting them like that. Uh, no. Like they would be torn up and his foot would be hurt. But movie magic. So he goes into the castle and that door opens for him too. Just saying. Are all the doors yeah. enchanted? Were they once people too? Were they turned into doors, the footmen? Hmm. I don't think so. I hope not. That would be super sad. Uh, but I think the the entire castle and the surrounding area has an enchantment on it, but I don't think that they are all people. So there are objects that are animated and then there are people that are turned into objects. Ooh. So That's so we see both of them. That's a very interesting distinction. Right. And I think the difference is the facial features 
because some things oh, have facial features and others don't. That's a good so point. So my rule is if it has a face, it was a person. If it doesn't, then it it's wasn't. an object that is animated. Interesting. We're kind of, I guess, getting a little bit ahead of what's actually in this minute. Um, but in the commentary on the DVD, Blu-ray or whatever, they talked about this a little bit. And they were like, there are way too many objects, you know, that we wanted to move around and be alive that would make sense for the servants to have turned into. So they're just like, eh, whatever. We want them to move. So they're going to move. So they didn't actually have like a rule behind it. Interesting. But I have a theory on it. So that, that's part of my curse, <laughs> my curse theory that I'm building. I love it. I don't know if I'm going to say that now or, or later. Save it. Save it but, for later. I mean, we got okay. a glimpse of your theory. So I, I kind of want to hear it after it's a little bit more developed personally, um, because I can tell already it's going to be really good. So we get the first look of the inside of the castle here. And it's gorgeous, first of all. Yes. And I mean, like, even for me, just looking at the doors, the inside of these front doors that are like heavy wood with these like metal bracket things that look like fleur-de-lis, which um, fleur-de-lis were also in the stained glass. I love that they included that because it's very, it's a French thing. It's a French thing, fleur-de-lis. But it's just gorgeous. And the pillars, do you want to talk about the pillars? I love the pillars. I took a screenshot of that because <laughs> they just look so awesome. And I don't know how structurally sound they are because they get so narrow at the bottom. Right. Um, which which is probably all right, I guess. I don't know. I didn't get too much into architecture besides just studying like the general styles of it. But I love that they have like the little beast monsters at the top holding up the the ceiling. It, they're just, they're really, really awesome, beautiful looking pillars, columns, whatever they are. Um, by the way, so a bunch of the gargoyles around the castle, you'll see, we're, we're going to see them. We've seen some. We're going to see more all throughout the whole movie and around the castle. But a lot of them, I found out, were based on initial sketches of the beast. Did you know that? Yeah, I heard that. That's so cool. I forget where I heard it, but I was like, oh, that's awesome. Nothing goes to waste. At Disney. <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot actually okay, well, goes to waste. <laughs> you get what I mean. I mean, it's. I think it's yeah. really cool that they were able to still use all that work that they had done and put into creating the Beast somewhere else for something to add to this movie. So I thought that was really cool and very smart of them. I agree. So the next note that I have is we're here. We're looking at Maurice. He's just entered the castle. He's kind of looking around. Um, and I think he's, you know, starting to ask if anybody's around. And you hear this clock ticking in the background. And that's our first introduction to Cogsworth. Mm-hmm. Yay. I love this guy. He's so funny. They don't leave us dangling for long. No. Because... You, you start to hear Lumiere and Cogsworth talking to each other, and Cogsworth is trying to shush Lumiere, but I thought it was funny that he's actually being the louder and more talkative one <laughs> in this know. minute. <laughs> I know, right? He's like, shush, be quiet, and he's the one who's being loud. I just love, even, we only see them for a few seconds, I feel like, at the in this minute, and you can yeah. already start to tell their personalities. That one is like, oh, 
Oh, he's a traveler. Welcome, you know, the maitre d'. He welcomes guests and he takes care of them and he sees to their needs and you know he does his thing. And whereas Cogsworth is like the rule keeper, he's the whistleblower, he's the straight arrow. He does not deviate, even though unless he doesn't realize he is, obviously. <laughs> well, he's a clock. He's got to keep order in time. Oh. That is a very good point. That's a very good point. I hadn't <laughs> thought of that. But yeah, I love just their banter back and forth. Maybe he'll, I love that Cogsworth is just like, maybe he'll go away. Not a word. Be quiet. Yeah, I like um, Sally. Yay, Sally, our researcher. One of the notes she put in for this minute was uh, she said that the production team wanted to do the, the recorded, the voice recordings correctly and i guess in most animated movies they record each person individually and then they put it all together in post editing but they wanted it to feel more real in this movie so they had all the actors actually there together doing it and so they got to develop kind of a, a back and forth and more of a banter and chemistry in when they were recording it so i thought that was really cool super cool it and it makes so much more sense to do that way. And I think Disney has done it that way since. I think Beauty and the Beast is kind of where they started really realizing that's really the best way to do it, to get the maximum performance from your actors and to allow them to build off each other. And yeah, it is it is so much easier with an acting background. I've done lots of plays. It's so much easier when you have someone else to work with than to just stand there and say lines, you know? Yeah, I guess the only time they, that they wouldn't do that, I guess it depends on who the actor is and what their schedule is. and Right. You know? Right. So I think that's all I have for this minute. Yeah, I would have to agree. Pretty much it for today. So thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you joining us. And if you would like to comment or subscribe to our podcast we would love that and appreciate it if you'd like to share that is also cool with us <laughs> <laughs> that's also appreciated so if you want to get a hold of us and talk to us you can find us on facebook at beastly minute um, we're also on twitter same handle at beastly minute if you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm on Facebook at JH Voiceover and also on YouTube as well. And if you'd like to get a hold of Bobby, he is at growlermedia.com. You can shoot him an email and that is how you can get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Until <laughs> next time, not a word. We'll see you then. We'll see you tomorrow. Our theme music is by Duo Hansen.